because there's so much distraction out there that can divert us from truly what God wants to do through the good news of Messiah Yeshua. Back in 1974, when I came to faith, we were called the Groovy Christians. Why, you may ask? Because we believe, we believe that we were saved with no concept of what salvation meant. So we continued to do what we had done before. While being called Christians, we listened to rock music, drank to our heart's content, spoke in tongues to influence people, had manifestations while smoking cannabis. Yes, that's true. As if our freedom in Messiah did not hinder our lifestyle, we were free from change. We were taught God loves us the way we are. We were seated in the heavenlies, God's chosen people. Hmm, I wonder where that comes from, a little replacement theology. This all was part of the Jesus movement of the 60s and the 70s, where all kinds of crazy groups were springing up. Some of you a little bit too young to realize this. You want to talk about grace, God was working overtime, particularly in my life. There was the Moonies, the Wafers, the Maharishis, all kinds of counterfeit Jesuses where there were sightings of him everywhere. Eastern religions, Eastern religions were rampant and there was no need to change. Do your own thing. Whatever gets you through the night was the motto of that generation. It's all right. It's all right. Whatever gets you through the night. Is this the Basora? Is it the sun came just to make you feel good, feel good about yourself, to make it through the night? Or is it something else? I believe it's something else. I'd like to quote and read a quote from 12 Pillars by Dr. Dan Justo, who's going to be speaking here sometime in May and June of next year, 2016. Much confusion consists, exists in the church and the messianic world because there's not a clear understanding of the good news. Many have been taught that the good news is, can you, I'm getting an echo behind that. Many have been taught that the good news is the message about how to get to heaven. It is summarized this way. Because we have sinned, we were not qualified for heaven. Then Jesus died for our sins. And if we believe in his death and resurrection, we will go to heaven. Pretty simple. At its worst, this has been taught that no change of life is necessary for going to heaven. And that's what I was taught. It is said that to require any life change is works salvation. That I was taught. This is contrary to the classic presentation of the gospel, which taught 
that one is saved by receiving the grace that transformed. I will read that again. This is contrary to the classic presentation of the gospel, which taught that one is saved by receiving the grace that transforms our life. In conversion of the spirit, the process of being born again, one receives Yeshua as Savior and Lord because God enables us through grace to make the decision. Grace is not merely unmerited favor, but the power to transform. To receive Yeshua, receive Yeshua as Savior and to reject him as Lord is not saving faith. As in Dietrich Bonhoeffer's writings, he mentioned, he called this cheap grace. Indeed, believing in the New Covenant Scriptures is a relational act of entrusting one's life to Yeshua. End of quote. I think it's a pretty deep statement and a pretty deep uh, message that uh, Rabbi Justin was bringing forth here. Do we understand, do we truly understand the fuller, fuller message of the gospel? I will, if you can, Rob, put the Romans 10.9 on the screen, please. Many have heard this scripture before. Probably quoted it yourself many times. This was one, <clears throat> excuse me, this was one of the foundation <clears throat> scriptures that we use all the time. And Romans 10, 9, and I will quote, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord or the Savior, Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confess Jesus as Lord. Lord is Adonai in the Hebrew. Is to make him master of your life which means he has a tremendous influence on the decisions we make and we are actively seeking his counsel and guidance in all that we do. To seek God is to strive after, to pursue God. Matthew, um, Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first, first the kingdom of his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things was he talking about? The necessities of life. We are, we are, when we are pursuing him, he becomes our caretaker and we are his and nothing can separate us from him. We are transformed or changed into his image as we pursue him. As we take time to fellowship with him, we will have an understanding of who he is and what we mean to him. To make him Lord is to, is to make him your all and all. He is to become your master. He is to become your leader. He is to become your Messiah. He is to become your savior. He is to become your friend. Yeshua described our pursuit of God and his relationship to us in the analogy of a clump of grapes. Rob, would you bring up John 15? And I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. 
Yeshua said, <clears throat> excuse me, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the words which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, for as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing." If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so will you be my disciples indeed. Yeshua describes himself as the true vine. He is claiming in this scripture to be divine source of abundant spiritual harvesting, providing a root, stem, branches, twigs, leaves, flowers, and fruit the source of a healthy plant. Describing the father as the vine dresser or caretaker as the one who cares for each vine and natures it, the true natures it, by pruning it the appropriate amount at the appropriate time, fertilizing it, lifting its branches from the ground when they droop over, and putting it and tying it to a trellis, and, making, and, take, and taking measure to protect them from insects and disease. To prune is to cut off that which is not wanted. Ouch. But Yeshua said, in me you shall bear fruit. And if there's no fruit, you will be pruned. You will be cut off. Ouch. For Yeshua said that... He who denies me, I will deny him before my father. So to abide in Yeshua is very important as he gives this analogy here. The analogy is a picture of a caretaker of the vineyard, a wine vineyard, watching over his plants. His vineyard remains with him for decades. I looked this up. They become very close, the vine dresser and the vineyard. He comes to know each one in a personal way. He knows how the vine is faring from year to year and what fruit it will produce. When the branch is not bearing fruit, fruit is removed, <clears throat> fruit is removed in order not to affect, or the branch is removed in, in order not to affect the other fruit. It's called pruning. But every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it may bear 
more fruit and produce abundance of fruit. People bearing fruit are a glory to God, for he is a jealous God and does not give his glory to anyone. Yeshua is describing in the Father in terms of relationship and attitude, as well as his actions in the lives of his disciples, those who want to be taught. The Father cares personally for the disciples and knows exactly what to do to make them fruitful. They can experience complete confidence and security abiding in Yeshua. You must abide or remain in him, for we cannot bear fruit on our own, is what he said. He is the true vine, and we are the branches that witness or reveal the true fruit of the vine. We are the fruit. We are bear the true witness of the fruit that Yeshua speaks about. The fruit that we bear is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, which we receive when we are walking by the Spirit, by the Ruach. What is the fruit? Mention love. A, excuse me, a self-giving love, asking nothing in return. That's how we love. What is joy? Joy comes from God and is one's awareness that God is his strength and protector. What is peace? Is shalom. Expresses the idea of wholeness, completeness, tranquility in soul that is unaffected by the outward circumstances of pressure of this world. Long-suffering is patience, endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances. Kindness is acting on the good for others. Goodness is upright, uprightness of heart and life. Faithfulness, committing oneself to something or someone else. Gentleness is correct false, rules your spirit well, and shows meekness. And self-control, able to control one thoughts, one's thoughts and actions. People, this is the fruit that we should be bearing in our lives. For Yeshua said, without me, you cannot bear no fruit. So in order to bear fruit, you have to abide in him. And in order to abide in him, you have to take the time with him. It's not just enough to come to service on Saturday and not just to come to serve on the Onekni. It's not just enough to come and dance before the congregation. It's a personal relationship with Yeshua and with his Father. That's what he talked about in 1 John. In 1 John, he talks about that the truly our fellowship is with the Son and with the Father. For he says you cannot bear no fruit without me. If we do not abide in him, we are cast out as branches and withered away. We dry up, we stop reading the word, we stop praying, we stop attending service, and finally we stop worshiping God, and we're in danger of being cut off. For Yeshua said, in me, 
If you deny me, I will also deny you before my Father. In verses 7 and 8, Yeshua said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you ever, whatsoever you desire, and it shall be done for you. You want answers to prayers? You truly want answers to prayer? That is something that each person has to ask in his own life. Do I truly want answers to prayer? And if you say yes, there's only one way to do it. You have to abide in him. By, by abiding in him, the scriptures say, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples, my taught ones, and those who can be taught. What is the good news? Having a personal relationship with the father and with the son. By abiding with them, fellowshipping with them, speaking with them. Is change required? You bet. Your lifestyle should resemble Yeshua's bearing fruit of the Spirit. What does our change look like? We are a new creation and old things are passed away and become all things become new. All things are passed away and all things become new. All things are passed away and all things have become new. In other words, you got to get out of the old way of thinking. You got to get out of the old way of doing things. You got to get out of those addictions and those habits that we formed incorrectly. For we are a new creation in Him. And when we abide in Him, that change is a lot simpler. If we don't abide for Him, you try to change on your own. And he said, you can't do it. Do we need to give up something was one of the questions I asked earlier. Our old man, who Shaul mentions, the old nature, is consistently resisting God's way. Our old nature is consistently resisting God's way. We all struggle with this. Myself included. The old way of doing things have to be put aside and looking forward unto him who gives righteousness, justification, love abundantly. To become his is so we, so we are. We are truly disciples when we abide in him. What is required of us? Our love. For him, our heart, our worship, and time. That's why I sensed today and I had the worship team sing that song that they did later. Because I sensed that God wanted to draw us in to realizing that he abides in this house. And then as we open our hearts to him, he will come and fill us with all who he is. It's not a matter of how much you know. It's a matter of who you know. And he is the creator of heaven and earth. For he is ours. 
and we are his. Amen. Let's pray.